0: Hello, my name is Garen Gardner. I'm the technical marketing manager for Autodesk Inventor. Today is March 25th, Tuesday, March 25th, and this is episode number 22. So last month we covered a little, We covered some of the frame generator capabilities in Autodesk Inventor. This month we're going to talk a little bit about some of the extended design capabilities found in Inventor. So you've probably heard a little bit about digital prototyping, some of the things that we're able to do through our digital prototype. And some of you may or may not be aware of some of the advanced capabilities found in Inventor. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the shaft generator, the belt generator and also bolted connection. So with this we're going to jump into one of our models. This is a, a model from HTC. They're a Swedish based company that designs floor polishers. Anything from a small handheld or a, a small push polisher to a big machine that has three, uh, three big polishers on the front of it. And uh, we're going to go through some of the, the things that they were able to do with their floor polisher. So we'll start off by taking a look at the shaft generator. So I am using Inventor 2009, it may be a little bit different, the UI UI may be a a little different from 2008, but a lot of the capabilities is the same between 2008 and 2009 with what I'm going to show today. So in this case you'll notice that I have an arm in here and we want to be able to place a shaft that's going to connect the arm with, uh, with this whole mechanism. So we're going to go over to our design accelerators, so you'll notice over here, in fact let's turn off our turn on our text so we can see a little bit more what's going on here. And I'm going to go from our assembly panel over to our design accelerators. Now in here there are a lot of tools in the design accelerators that you may or may not be aware of. One of which is the shaft generator. We're going to come into the the shaft generator and this will allow us to create cylindrical shafts with different uh, sections or different profiles along it so one of the first things that we want to do is we want to create a shaft that's going to go through the entire thing although you'll notice that it saved the last shaft that I created which I don't necessarily want so we'll just back out of that and then let's come in here and take a look at some of the different profiles that we can create so we can create just a cylindrical object we can also come in and create a polygon so we'll create a polygon and we want to start off with having a polygon, a wrench end that we can we can fasten into an arm so that it's gonna lock in place we don't have to worry about any type of set screw or a, a keyway or anything like that. So you'll notice we can do a polygon and then in here let's also position this where we want it to be. So you'll notice we have some positioning tools that I can come in and select the cylindrical part of where I want to lock this down and I can also select the face where I want my shaft to start with. And then I can also select, since this shaft can spin, I want to lock it down to a particular angle. So I can select one of these faces. So we notice that it automatically puts that in place. Now we want to adjust the angle and how many uh, edges are on the polygon, that starting polygon. So I can do it a couple of different ways. I'm just going to come to my dialog box, double click on that particular section, and I can specify that we want four edges, and then I can also determine how big I want it to be. Uh, in this case, we'll just bump it down to about 45 mil- or forty-five millimeters. We can see what it's going to look like. In fact, let's make it a little bit too small. We'll do something like 22 millimeters. We can see it's very small, and a lot of the, the similar tools that you may be familiar with in Inventor, I can just come in and measure that edge. You'll notice that it bumps it up to the right size, and then with that, we'll start creating it. Now, I want to be, and I can change the angle in here, so we could do something like 15 degrees if we wanted to, and adjust that to be the right, uh, the right angle. In this case, we'll set it at zero, and we can constrain that as we need later on. So, you'll notice that we have our profile in here. Let's use our, our top view. In, uh, you'll notice that I'll use this, this cube up top quite a bit in Inventor 2009. It's actually a really nice tool in 2009. I use it quite often. So we have our first profile piece. Now we want to come in and add a circular shape. So you'll notice that I can just come in and dynamically drag that around. Well, we want to drag it through to that uh, that plane bearing. And then I want to change the diameter. So we'll tell it that the diameter is 70 millimeters. And we also, the length, we'll leave it 32 millimeters. Once I have that, I'm going to add one more cylindrical shape. In this case, you'll notice that I can come into my graphics window actually double click on an arrow and change the diameter there so you can do it from the dialog box or the uh... the the graphics window as well and then i'm just going to drag this over to be about two hundred millimeters in length and then this is an interesting part now we're we're basically we've created we have a symmetrical shaft that the polygon at the the beginning and then the the cylinder are going to be the same size on the right side as they're going to be on the left side so I can just come in and grab that cylinder that's 70 millimeters in diameter and 32 millimeters long. Tell it we want another cylinder, and it copies the the first one. So I can just drag this down below my uh, my last profile, and then we can tell it we want a new polygon and drag it down as well. So pretty quickly, I've been able to come in and create a shaft that's about the size that I want. We can see how it looks in here, and you can imagine if you were to try to do this with a bunch of constraints and extrudes and and everything, it would take a little bit more time. Now this is one of those tools that you know the first time you use it may be a little bit slower than if you were to go in and and actually constrain and and create the sketches that you're familiar with. But once you get familiar with this tool, you can create things very quickly. And it's all based on a standard UI. So if somebody else edits a shaft, they know exactly what it's going to look like. Now the next thing that we want to do is add some additional tools in here. So we'll go back up to the top view and I want to have some retaining clips in here so that it doesn't slide out of place so let's go to the first cylinder over here on the left side you'll notice I can hit the drop down and I can add a retaining ring now the interesting thing about the retaining ring is I can specify the type of retaining ring and it gets the size and all of that information right from that standard retaining ring we'll come over to the other side and we'll add a retaining ring as well and then the nice thing about this is we have the ability in this case it's putting it on the left side so we can tell it that we want it to be on the right side and I actually just selected the, the uh, content center so it's going to go out and allow me to choose a different retaining clip which I didn't want we want to tell it to go from the, the right side instead of the left side so it's, very, it's, it's a very smart tool to allow you to switch between sides and then with that just to give you an idea of some of the things that we can do if I go to one of these regular cylinders you'll notice that we can add chamfers and fillets on either side uh, a lock nut, threads, plain keyways you also depending on what the other side has uh, next to it in this case we can see that it's asking us if we want to put some reliefs in here based on different standards so it's very smart with content on one side or the other what's available what the edges look like and what type of secondary operations you can add to those Now once we have most of the shaft in place that arm that you saw a little bit earlier that dark blue piece needs to clamp onto this shaft. So what we want to do is give ourselves a a wrench end that that we can clamp onto. So let's go to that cylinder, we'll just hit the drop down, tell it to add a wrench and then in this case we can specify that that wrench is going to be located in the center and then we can also tell it how big we want this wrench to be and what angle. We'll just rotate it up 90 degrees. So pretty quickly I'm able to go in and and build up a shaft. Now one of the really interesting things with this is I can also go into calculations and I can start calculating this. So maybe I don't want to run some analysis on this part right now. Maybe I want to do some quick what-if scenarios. So you can come in and put various supports, various loads, different types of materials, and then you can get a graph that will give you various information from the shaft. So it's a great way to do some concept mock-up, figure out what your shaft is going to look like, what you need it to do grab some some quick calculations off of it and then finish the shaft so we're pleased with the shaft let's move forward and you'll see that this was pretty easy for us to create the shaft and there was a lot of intelligence built in it had the retaining clip information that the box wrench the the polygons and then if you wanted to have some type of hole or some type of bore through this you also have the ability to do that so it's a, a nice tool in fact if we want to look at this let's just take a look at this in isolation mode and imagine if you had to do that all manually with different uh, different profiles it wouldn't be difficult but it would take a lot more work and, uh, and take a little bit longer and you'd have to go out put the retaining clip in there figure out what the size of the retaining clip is or go to the engineers handbook to get that information so with that let's move on to the next piece the next one that we want to talk about is the bolted connection now the bolted connection has been around for a while and um, there's some, some really nice things in here that you may or may not be aware of. The first thing that we're going to do is I typically use the same, the same types of fasteners over and over. So I have a fastener that I'm going to load in in just a second, but with a bolted connection, you have a couple of different placement types. You can do linear, concentric, on a point, or by a hole. These holes that I'm using are actually created by the hole feature, so I'm going to use the hole, the, the hole feature tell it the hole that I'm going to use and then I can tell it the from face and the, the two-face. Now the nice thing about this is it's going to take a look at my model. It knows that I have the hole that is in the front face, but the back face doesn't have a hole. So it knows that it automatically needs to add that hole and you can see here that it's showing me that it's going to add a new hole. So it's smart enough to know if there's a hole, if there's not, if it needs to add one and the type of hole that it needs to add. I'm going to tell it to load in a standard fastener that I want to use. So you'll notice that it brings in the ISO fastener. And I'm going to specify the size that I think I want, which is 10 millimeters. I can see here that it gives me a preview. It's showing me the, the hole that it's going to put in here, 11 millimeter ISO drill hole. But I'm, I may want to make sure this is going to be strong enough. So I can go over to the calculations page. I'm going to come in and specify my... my um, my tangent force will put it at 1000 newtons and I'm going to calculate this at 10 millimeters and I can see that it comes back with a violation that we need to reduce the stress or change the fastener that I'm going to use, the size of the fastener um, the quantity of fasteners, things like that. So in this case we're going to bump it from a 10 millimeter to a 12 millimeter rerun the calculation you'll notice that it comes back that it's going to work so again, this is saving us time that we don't have to go to the engineer's handbook, figure out which fastener we want to use, or you know, maybe we don't even go to the engineer's handbook, we just make it larger than we think that it needs to be. This is a great way for you to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. So with this, we'll go back to our design, and I'm going to tell it to create, uh, to follow my pattern, because that's actually one hole that's patterned four times. I can tell it to follow the pattern and then have it create all of those fasteners so you know something that would take me a little bit of time to place each washer, each, fat, each fastener being able to validate the size was, was done very quickly. Now I'm going to undo that and show you something new in InVenture 2009. I'm just going to go over to the regular content center library, and let's go to a washer. So let's say that we want to populate washers on these holes, and I'm just going to go to a spring washer, we'll grab one of these Now you'll notice that I can roll over some of these edges and it'll automatically change the size of the washer that I'm using but what if I have these multiple holes and I want to be able to have this this washer go to each of these holes. Let's go back uh, back in there and grab that washer. and I'm going to come over this hole you'll notice that it'll automatically size itself to the hole or if I went to you know one of these other edges, it would size it. It's a little bit too big, but we'll come back and resize it. So it's very smart when we're moving it around. But um, once I place that, you'll notice that I now have a new option that I can tell it to add multiple instances and it tells me how many occurrences. Now this isn't based on a pattern. This looks at a face and sees how many holes that are the same size that it can populate with this feature. So this is similar to some of the add-ons that you may have used in the past. It simply allows you to, to pick a hole, it finds all the like holes on that face and then it can populate all of those holes. So you'll notice that it grabs each of the holes and we'll apply that. Now one of the things that we heard a lot of feedback on is, you know, it may be that we add, we may add washers uh, washers first and then we want to come back and add some fasteners. So we're going to come into our bolts, we'll just do a socket head cap screw and here, you know in the past. I needed to get I needed to select the hole but then it would put the fastener interfering with a washer. So now I can actually select the cylindrical hole that I want and then the face that I want it to go on which is a washer so it's a two-step operation and I can also tell it to get all the occurrences. You'll notice that it's picking all four of those and the way I can go. So this is a, a nice nice way to set this up if for whatever reason bolted connection isn't going to work for you or you want to you use different configurations you can easily come in with some of the new capabilities in Inventor 2009 and do similar, uh, similar capabilities with things from Content Center. So the final thing that we'll cover through design accelerators is the belt generator. And you know I'm sure many of you create belts. This this is probably one of those things that you don't create a lot of belts so when you do create a belt it takes a lot of time you know typically you want to create a belt that's a standard belt length so it's something you can go down to the store pick up a belt or order one but it doesn't have to be custom made so we want to create some type of belt that's going to fit in here it's going to be a standard belt and what we can do is go over to the design accelerator and you'll notice a number of the, the accelerators we have in here we have two types we have Uh, we have design accelerators that create geometry and then we have calculators that allow us to run various calculations. So we have the bolted connection, the shaft generator, spur gear, we have a number of different types of gears, bearings, springs, different belts, so we have V belts, we have chains and we have uh, synchronous belts which is what we're going to use and then we also have things like O-rings and pins. And then on the calculator side you have various weld calculators, uh, various uh, joint calculators, some of the tolerance analysis, beam and column calculators, so there are a number of things you can come in and get great information from. Well the the belt that we're going to create I'm actually going to come in here and specify that we want to create a belt and I'm going to determine the plane that we're going to start on and then let's get rid of a lot of these pulleys in here so we can see this built up from scratch. Uh, We're going to start off with a couple of belts and I can just drag these around. You'll notice that um, if we come in I have a couple of different ways that we can set up these pulleys so that I can just dynamically move them around, figure out where I want them to be and as I I can see that I have a center line that's showing me the overall length of the belt but it's showing it in red telling me that it's not a standard belt. This is something that I would have to go and purchase. So the first thing that we want to do is come in and start locking some of this geometry down. So I'm just going to select a couple of cylinders here to lock down my geometry. So we'll take the the first and the second pulley there, which we only have the two so far, and we we have it started in place. So one thing that I could do is come in and determine how big I want each of these pulleys to be. In this case we want this pulley to have 18 teeth, so in fact I can just dynamically grab and drag that down this one we want it to be about 20 teeth so we'll drag it up a little bit you can see I can dynamically drag it up and down and we want to add a new uh, a new pulley so we're just going to come in and add a new pulley now one of the unique things about this is I don't have to create all of this geometry this is all from a standard pulley uh, pulley setup that it's looking for for standard geometry I can come in and specify where the pulley is going to be located and you can see it puts it in place now, we may, we may need to come in and change the order of some of these things. So, you'll notice I can move these around. So, we need to add two more pulleys. I'm just going to come in and add two more. And then, we'll figure out where we want these to be. So, we'll drag them around a little bit, kind of figure out the placement. And then, I'm going to drag each of these up above the other. And I can see as I pick on them, I can see which belt belongs where. and um, looks like we have belt 1, belt 2 we'll go actually we want to go from belt 1 there we go reverse the direction there so we can reverse the order and I can see what's going on here now I probably want to take this belt that came out to came out to the right side a little bit and shift it around so we probably want to go over in front of uh, the the fourth belt so you can see just kinda of moving things around figuring out how you want them to go now the alternative to this is you manually place the geometry you have to create a sketch and then if something changes you have to go in and re-update the sketch and it's a little bit painful Well, once I've, I've got this in, in position now I want to lock it down to the right geometry so I'm just going to select each of these and tell it to snap to the geometry that's in place so you can see it's all locked down but the problem is is this is not a standard belt plus as the belt is going to stretch a little bit as it's being used we want to be able to have a tensioning pulley in here so a couple things we'll do let's just make each of these pulleys a little bit smaller we'll set them all to about 18 millimeters or 18 teeth and then we're going to add a new pulley which is going to be a tensioning pulley so we'll specify that we're going to use a pulley in here we're going to put it between pulley three and four so we can just drag it up and we can position it around where the tensioner is going to be so you'll notice as we spin this around a little bit that um, for one we want this to be a little bit smaller and right now this the standard belt length or belt the pulley diameter is for 18 teeth and we want to be able to have one smaller so we may have to manufacture one of these so I can override and create a custom pulley You'll notice it's a little smaller, I can reverse the direction. And then I want this to be a tensioner. So I have a couple of different ways I can have it be a directional, so it can basically slide in a linear fashion, or a rotational tensioner. We're going to do a linear tensioner, I can specify a plane or an edge or a face, lock it in place. So now I have a green center line showing me that this is a standard belt, so I I can go and purchase this belt that's not a, a custom belt. And really in not much time we were able to come in place all the pulleys, we're also able to figure out what the path was going to look like, move things around and then I also can come in and do various calculations similar to what you saw with the, uh, the fasteners that I can put in a power or, you know, depending on what I'm trying to solve I can also have it adjust the width of my, my belt so it can help me figure out what the optimize my design that the belt is going to be strong enough for the, the types of, of torque or forces I have on this. So once, once complete, a couple of things that we've added in 2009 you can now adjust this to be a timing belt and then you can also have it be a detailed belt so it's going to show all the teeth it's going to create a tooth and then pattern it all the way around so you can see what it looks like in a little bit more detailed fashion now typically this is something that probably isn't necessary to have all that detail and it takes a little bit longer to create so we're just going to have it be a plain belt so we can see the, the path where it follows we can get the overall length of it we can see it added all the pulleys and all that information so for, this, for the most part now, with the design accelerators, you're able to see how we created a shaft. We're able to, to see some of the calculations on it. We're able to create the fasteners. And then we're able to do something like create a belt from scratch. So to give you an idea of some of the power in design accelerator, this is in inventor. So you don't have to have inventor professional. This is all just regular core inventor functionality. And this is all found in InVenture 2008. The, the interface may be a little bit different in 2009, offer some additional options. But with that, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully this was beneficial for you. And again, this is episode number 22. You can get it, uh, well, you've already found it, but you can go out to iTunes and subscribe and get these automatically as we add new ones. Or you can take a look at the, our podcast or our blog, and as we add new ones, you can automatically download them. So hopefully found this beneficial, and we appreciate you coming and downloading this each month, and we'll catch you next month.